We have got an exciting and insightful episode to follow where we lightly touch on some new subjects. We'll have a chat about some classic and modern wagons. We talk about some special one-offs. And then at the end, we'll be rating cars in our PT Cruiser segment. So we have changed locations. As you can see, we are not um, anywhere in a restaurant. We are not anywhere anywhere where there are cars behind us. Unfortunately, well, we've, got, we've got cars. But we have got some cars. We have got, we've got Martin. Yeah, I've got to say we've got yes, Martin's um, yes, remember, first, first car. car. Yeah, we've got a tractor. We've got a uh, what? Do you, what do you call this? Not a fire truck. Like pickup, uh, tow truck. Yeah, tow, tow truck. truck. We've got a Landy. We've got a Landy, and then we've the got trusty Landy. I think this was a Ford at some time. It a may have F1 been a Hilux, it? but it looks like a Ford for me. I don't know. A Ford F one fifty old one. Um, but if we've got some cars behind us, Umbrella. unfortunately, um, they are not working. They are not active, but that's also fine. We are active. We are here. Um, so welcome. This is episode 723. 125. Mm. Um, and we are so glad to have you here. We want to thank you for all your people listening in, viewing, watching on YouTube, subscribing. Uh, it just makes it worth it for us to make this content for you guys. Mm. And yes, of course, you'd love to see guests too. Why only see our faces? That's a question I also ask myself quite often. I mean, even I get tired of my own face. So yes. I can just imagine how you guys feel. So how do you, I mean, I don't know how you go about watching our videos and at the end being like, oh, I want more. But um, you are at the moment wanting more and that's amazing. Mm. So we promise that our next episodes will include guests, definitely. Um, it's a bit of a difficult time. Some people are very busy, much more busy than usual. This is more toward the um, the end of the, the lockdown um, of the COVID-19 season. So people are getting increasingly more busy. Um, hence, it might be a bit more difficult for us to, to have guests on, but that's fine. That will come right. We will find a solution. Don't worry about it. We want the best content for you guys. All right. And uh, what a privilege we have today mm. to talk about cars. Talk about talk the about most cars insane cars, enlighten you in some special stuff, some stuff yes. you are not going to see on the roads. Uh, some stuff you have probably seen on the road, some stuff that just gets you excited, you know, some real cars stuff. So what a privilege for us. And uh, of course, this is not our job, so we'd love to have it as our <laughs> yeah, jobs. Exactly. Um, but one day, let me actually encourage you on that. Of course, we ask you to share, we ask you to like and subscribe, and we do do it for good reason. It's not just because everybody else does it. Um, when you share, when you subscribe, and you like every time on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, the podcast actually goes a bit up in the ranks. It actually has a greater chance of being mm. shown in your, on your home screen or being suggested or recommended, um, and that just gets out the podcast to uh, other people and to people who actually like cars. You know, we want to spread the joy spread after you listen to this podcast. We yeah. want you to be smiling. So let's keep people smiling. I mean, let's keep people smiling. There tell, is a lot tell to bad jokes and yeah. interesting stories. Yes. Exactly. And our faces. Laugh at our faces. Laugh, at, laugh at our faces. That's another thing um, you can laugh at. But yes, welcome. We are so excited to have mm. you here. As we said, we're going to have some special, uh, not guests, but conversations today. And I want to start off by just touching lightly mm. slightly touching on uh, what is news today so of course when this comes out this might be uh, um, Date, almost irrelevant or a bit dated but that's also fine i want to lightly touch on so we spoke about the gma t50 the t50 by gordon murray when we had our podcast with marius bonsire and we already said listen 
this is insane like it's definitely going to happen i feel it's going mm. to happen there's some other podcasters that had um, some interesting some opinions. doubts Doubts yeah. and opinions that we don't necessarily agree with. But we, but we are hopeful, you yeah. see. We are definitely hopeful that this will happen because this will be the epitome of driving pleasure. Mm, mm, no, not definitely. even BMW can, this is like can to provide this experience. The whole Lotus lineup on steroids in one car. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. But Gordon Murray has gone and he has gone and killed the he's, game again. He's been hit over the head by a rock again. He has probably. been hit over the head. He has fell off a waterfall or something has happened. He lost but his he rockers. Has, he has, uh, as the rappers say, or, or the kids these days, he has spitted the facts. He you has know? spitted the facts. He has thrown facts. some bars. You know? There we go. So he has thrown some facts out or said some statements that slightly shocked me when I read it. So I just want to read it to you. So the Gordon Murray well, association or automotive, Gordon Murray Automotive, is designing a T50S. So this is like the hardcore track car of the T50. If the like, T50 was wasn't hardcore th- enough, how? I mean, Just why? if the T50 was a Golf, he wanted to design a Golf GTI DCR, mm. okay? Um, if this thing is road legal, it probably will be. Um, I'm not totally sure, but let me just... Okay, so... Of course, the pre- the T50, which is still to come out, weighs about, it has, what, 620-something horsepower, yeah, and weighs about 984 kilograms, which mm. is extremely light. Gordon Marius went and said, but no, look, actually, this is a bit too heavy. I feel there could be some more white shade. I remember we mentioned it in the previous, or in that episode when we talked about the T50 and we said Gordon Murray loves Weight Watching meetings, but it's not for himself, it's for his cars, and he does one at least every yeah. week. And yep. now he's just kept on going with his meetings, although he's technically finished the car and he's done this. Yeah. So what's the weight on that now? So he has... <laughs> so he said T50S will increase his power to about 720 horsepower with the same engine. And, of course, a bit oh. more aero bits. Um. It now weighs 894 <laughs> kilograms. And it has 720, what, 720 horsepower, 894. Now, it's not one-to-one, but, but it's... But it, if you take the Koenigsegg one to one, for instance, yeah. okay, that's about just under just under thousand and one kilograms. Mm-hmm. Well, thousand one hundred kilograms. Okay, so it's still extremely light, but this thing weighs eight hundred and ninety four kilograms. That's insane. I so, mean, well, eight hundred ninety six or something. Yeah. But basically, he threw out ninety four kilograms from already from extremely what? light car. Like, not even <laughs> a Ford Fiesta weighs nine eighty four kilograms. So. Um, Do you take out the seats and everything? I just ask myself, is he throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Because (laughs) how much more is it to take out? He said there's only like one or two things he compromised on in terms of weight, which is one, the enamel badge because it looks cool, and then magnesium magnesium caps on the engine and not carbon caps because it just... Well, holds better in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. So where else do you cut weight? What do you do? What, what do you use instead of don't carbon fiber? Don't paint the car. You can use, I don't know if you, a carbon graphite is lighter than carbon fiber. It might be because it's not woven. Yeah, that's So maybe you replace maybe it with another material. Maybe some carbon fiber. Talk to NASA or something and get yourself some aerospace. Yeah, so I don't know what type of technology what or materials he's using. But I really, 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 the car looks really, stunning. really hope comes to life. Because it looks even better than the just the standard T15. Because I, I mean. just think of the company Fisker. Now, Fisker was a sort of wannabe competitor to Tesla. And they had the most insane statistics for their cars, you know. 
one million miles of range mm-hmm. from like a two centimeter by two centimeter battery, like you know, some crazy stuff like that. And it just never came to be. I remember Justin Bieber was even an ambassador for the brand, but anyway, that just never came to be. Um, I'm also thinking of well, there's quite a few brands that just you know mention stuff and that didn't happen, but mm-hmm. I, I trust Gordon Murray. But last time I was so shocked in terms of weight loss from a car was when the Pagani Huayra, the Roadster came out, and it was 40 kilograms lighter than the normal Pagani Huayra, which is very weird. Yeah. Because usually a Roadster is much more, uh, well, weighs much more because of the extra, well, the roof going off the mechanisms and stuff. So All the extra additives that goes into. I don't know what he drank or (laughs) where he fell, Um, but if this car comes to be It'll be something. Yeah, it'll be something insane. Yeah. So, also another interesting fact on the T50S, at, I don't know how many miles per hour, I can actually try and find it, mm-hmm. but I think it's like, um, okay, so with all the ground effect, with the adjustable diffusers, front splitters, existing fan, whatever, with all that in place on high air mode, at its maximum, it can generate 1,500 kilograms of downforce. Oh, I saw this and he said, technically, if you like driving in tunnels, you can, yeah, you can drive, flip it upside yeah. down. Now, many cars are like, yeah, you know, at 190 miles per hour, you can, like, like the Aston Martin Vulcan, yeah, can. 190 miles per hour, you can basically drive against the ceiling because it's precisely yeah. the same amount of downforce in terms of kilograms. But they even had a run with 1,900 kilograms of downforce, which is... Uh, yeah, well, astonishing. Apparently, well, it, uh, yeah. So I really hope this happens. It's crazy. It boggles my mind. Yeah, I can't, no, come I over can't it. comprehend it. I um, mean. but it's insane. So well done. Like, yeah, you know, Gordon let's give him mad. Let's give him mad. You've done anyway, it again. So let me just take a sip of the coffee of the wonderful coffee that we have here in this new amenity. Of so we're trying something new instead of water. <laughs> um, we wanted to chat about some very special one-offs. Mm. So these are cars that are designed specifically and exclusively for a customer that commissioned a very special order uh, from a company. So, you know, usually it is a customer going to a company and saying, listen, I've been a a trusted customer for some time. Mm. Can I maybe design my own car? So they take a base road car they already have, and then from there on, they just go wild as the customer likes it. Or the brand just says, okay, let's just build a one-off to show the people what we can do and be like, yeah, <laughs> but it can be anything. Not hitting the road, you know. Even we um, concert some stuff that they made one off, and then yeah. they just didn't put it into production. And you've got this one rolling chassis of a car and stuff yeah. like that. And so these are cars that are either put in production or not in, mm. put in production, but specifically and strictly one offs. And we want to enlighten you in this because, well, why we do this podcast is to, well, make you interested in cars and make you appreciate mm. cars. And these aren't cars that you often see on the road this is not your typical golf gti this is not your typical nissan 370z like there's no club owner's club of these cars Mm. you know there's only one like it's me myself and i not me yeah well yeah uh, (laughs) you know so well done for them yeah um so i think luke you can start off with your one we we chose each um two each two special one we wanted to chat about um but yeah luke you can go ahead yeah so the the uh first one that I have is the uh, BMW M1 Homage. Mm-hmm. came out in 2008 and there's one of them in the world. And it's in a museum and you pay to go and see it and that's it. 
Uh, wow, that's amazing. You've paid to go and see it. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a stunning car. Um, it had the same thing, uh, and we discussed this as well when we talked about the M1, but the racing in the 70s with the twin badges at the side, so they incorporated that because it is the it well it would have been the next generation of that that m1 no, it's what they, it could have been exactly um and they incorporated those two badges on the side again so you still have the car with the two bmw badges on the side it's a stunning car it's extremely aggressive for that era of bmws it's way ahead of its time the interior makes me think of like a seven series from from the, the new generation maybe even the previous generation it's really it's ahead of its time um and people refer to it as well as the uh you can uh, have a look there. As looks the like a looks like a well, what you would think a new version M1 would be, but exactly. also I see some i8. That's the thing. It's the big brother of the i8. Like it's I8. what I know. It's <laughs> the thing is, yeah. What do you do with an icon? It's the same thing, like with the no. defendant stuff. How do you take it further? Because you don't, you can probably do it the same, and people like it because it's cool and stuff. But mm. it won't be the same as say the seventies M1. So having this, it is the predecessor of what the i8 would have been. Um, mm. And this one also had gullwing doors and the whole works, these insane rims. So did the M1 homage, was that released before the i8? Yes, or? it was released before. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Then so it makes sense why there's certain design elements yeah. from so, the i8. So it, it yeah. It oh, it's basically thing. the i8's interior. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, you can okay. see that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, show yeah. you guys pictures of that as well. But it's, it's yeah, it was just this, like, thing of saying, what can we do? We do this, and we'll take it further, but not in the way that you think we'll do. Yeah. And taking the purebred racing machine that they had in the 70s, and in a sense, taking that design of what they incorporate into this M1, and then taking it to the i8. Oops. Oopsie, my umbrella. Okay, now, umbrella. It stopped yeah. raining now. It's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's fine. So, yeah, it's just a stunning car. Uh, it was mid-engine, and there's... Um, not a lot of things about what engine or anything is in that, but I think it didn't matter because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a rolling sh- chassis that they used and yeah. displayed. Um, Do you like how it looks? I love it. Okay. I love Fair. it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm all for it. I think this is fantastic. Um, you see, BMW, if you had just stuck with the old way of designing your grills, then we wouldn't have the issues of the new 4 Series that you guys released. Uh yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't know what's going on there, but it, it has taken some slimmers drops. Yeah, and yeah, it's I grown a bit. It shot out like a high school boy, like very exactly. short, and then suddenly, yeah. like he just shoots up and just doesn't gain any gain any weight. You know, so mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's a emotions. it's a pity they didn't put this into production. I think it would have been nice um, if they put a straight six in it. But I don't know. It wouldn't have been the, the price. M1 homage. Like it wouldn't have been. A, you should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have called it something else. Yeah, something else. Something so else. I, I, like it's definitely not what anything related. Well, obviously it's the name, and they say this is the M1, and you've got the badges and stuff. But it's not what you think of when you think of the M1. Yeah. So it's a it's a stunning car, nonetheless. Um, I think if they did a few, um, it would have been would have been nice. But yeah, yeah. not a not a not a, 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 a thing that. Uh, I think they'll do or revive or anything since yeah. the IAT has come and gone. Yeah. So where do you go from here? But, Martin? Well, you designed the M8. You designed the M8. And that's what you do. Exactly. And but I mean, that's a stunning car. Yeah, I really like the that's, M8. Yeah. Like, M8, they M8. stepped up, definitely. Yeah. They, they stepped up. So I have another BMW coming in a bit, but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, of course, there's a BMW coming. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, interesting. Also, 
affiliated to BMW is mm-hmm. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce is under the BMW group. Mm-hmm. Of course, they use some of, some of the engines and, and mechanics and techniques and such. But this is not close to any BMW that you've ever seen. So the guys I've chosen is the Rolls Royce Sweptail. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Probably, maybe. Forty uh, percent chance. Mm-hmm. But this thing is, as I said, it's a customer who came to Rolls Royce and said, "Listen." I like the Phantom. Like, I like the Phantom. But mm. I also like the Phantom Drophead. But I'd rather like a Coupe. And I'd like it my way. I don't like the rear benches. I don't want to have seats. I don't really have mm. kids. I just want to have a wooden bench because it looks better. And uh, I like your old designs, uh, especially the more swept tail designs. That's why it's called a swept tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't want a number plate. I want you to basically build in the number plate with the car. So the outside of the car includes the number plate basically engraved. Well, not even engraved. It just pops out. Mm. Um, so the number plate number is all right. But you're extremely, extremely special car. So before the... And I'll touch on this a bit later, but Bugatti uh, released uh, the La Vauture Noire. La Vauture Noire. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> this, write this it is, out there at the bottom. This just <laughs> takes me back to Lotus Ivaya. Uh, but anyway. Ninja. 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 Um, but yeah, so before the Bugatti released the La Vauture Noire, they, Rolls Royce had the most expensive new car in the world, and this was this car. So I think it was mm. like 10 million pounds, which is in rands 200 and something million. Yeah. So extremely expensive. New car. Um, just take note, it's the most expensive new car. But yeah, extremely long. You can clearly see the Phantom in this. This is the Phantom's base. You think this of Maybach land yachts. Yeah, basically. No, no, no. This is nothing else than a lot than a yacht with wheels on. Yeah. Just look at the wooden bench in the rear. Just Everything look at the is. lights in the front. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Sleekness of the grill. Um, put a sail on that, you'll be able to go across Europe without using fuel. Yeah, definitely. Probably. So, I really, I actually like the back, the rear of this car. Like, the swept out design does look very cool. Um, they said it took about 10 to 12 months to build this car. Now, I mean, to just build this car, just imagine the amount of man hours it takes. Everything is built by hand because they don't have anything. Yeah. They, they, they can't put this on a production line and finish yeah. this, this chassis. They basically took a, a raw and naked Phantom, which mm. is already an insanely um, good, and you know, luxurious car, and j- they just built from there. So the front is a bit different. The rear is a lot more different. The side profile is a bit more different. There wasn't anything like a Phantom mm. Coupe, only the drop head. So they just took it from there. And I mean, I was just wondering, the guy who bought this, of course, this would be his daily driver, but not even like his daily driver would probably be his chauffeur driving him in a normal Phantom. And this would just be in the garage or even in your dining hall, like in the middle. (laughs) I would definitely put this in my house. Next to your concert This is a piece of art. On your marble flooring. Yeah. So with your turntable, of course. Your turntable. So it is a very special car. As I said, Iron Man display kind of. Yeah. That's what you probably do with this car. Yeah, definitely. I approve. So, okay, technical aspects, does it even matter? It has a 6.75 liter V12, same one as in the Phantom. Um, It's not like you're going to rip this around. No. Anyway. No, it's not like he's going to straight pipe it or tune it or anything. (laughs) 
Oh, it would be cool. Um, no. But yeah, you can clearly see how Rolls-Royce artisan techniques and exclusivity and luxuriousness and they just mm. do luxury like no other car brand. Mm. Like you and I often speak about Rolls-Royce versus Bentley. Yeah. And what do we take? Of course, we at our age, we want to take the Bentley because mm. it's a bit more sporty. But with the new Ghost also that come out now, beautiful car yeah but they just do luxury on a different level yeah i know it's it's an attention to detail i've been watching a few documentaries these short films that they do where um they take you through the factory it's like a 20 minute video and there's no um extra audios or people talking it's just you see people working in the rolls-royce factory doing this stuff with their hands the leather work the woodwork the amount of woodwork that goes into designing a dashboard it's insane it takes so long and the attention to detail on that is phenomenal so and they lead the market by far you know like, those people the the factory workers the w- people work on the production line these are not your average joes mm, these are not no. guys who just came out of school and you know helps put the parts together because robots do the rest these are people who have been working in the artists, trade they are they are literally artists like it's from generation to generation there's yeah. one guy a pinstripe painter his grandfather was one, his dad was one, yeah, and now he's insane. one. And he stays with that. He's, um, I think he works for Triumph or something for the motorbikes and the yeah. fuel tanks. He does these, the smallest pinstripe that you can think of. Yeah. And he does it so effortlessly. Wow. Um, and it's just like this generational thing. So it's not just someone that thought, okay, I'm going to go work in a car factory now or whatever. Yeah. They are artists at what they do. So They know what they do. Just th- Also, I was, I'm thinking of Ferrari now. Mm. So basically all of their cars... In s- besides the Roma that was released now, have a badge on the side of the car and you can either choose enamel or painted. Mm. Now, a lot of people choose the painted option. Now, it is expensive, but it's because it's hand-painted. You can literally see how it's like... Of course, it's it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look bad. And it, it's it's lacquered over, so there's no like mm. bump or... It's lacquered you over. Lacquered over, yeah. yeah. It's very lacquered over. Lacquered over. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's, uh, it's lacquered over, so you can't um, in any way feel the paint. But mm. it's like, you wouldn't think it's hand painted. Yeah, it you would think it's, it's a digital yeah, render. Or it's a machine or something that does so this. It's really... It is to be appreciated. Mm. I would, you know, now that I think about it, why drive it? If I had that kind of money, I wouldn't design something like this, but I can appreciate this. Yeah. 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 But I would like an engine in it still just to have an engine in it. Mm. So, well done, Rolls-Royce. Like, that's... It's insane. We say once Um, again, well done. It's really to be appreciated. And I don't think people necessarily appreciate what goes on behind the scenes building something like Mm, this. mm. 10 million price tag. I know it's, you know, you look at it and be like, wow. But it's not something they're going to sell in a showroom because it's just for this guy. It's They could have plucked out any amount out of the air. Mm. Like the guy would have paid it. So yeah, Luke, next one. Next one. It's it's not technically a once-off because it failed and it burnt and it destroyed itself and that was the end of it and they scrapped it. But it's... So in that sense, like the previous two, it's not that the car manufacturer made it knowing it would be a once-off. Yeah. This was just per chance and by circum- circumstance, 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 um, that this car was made. But anyway, it's the Mazda. Now we're coming again to a name that is a pronounced Furay. 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 Okay. Mazda Furay. That's so <laughs> no, <long>. no, no, no. <laughs> In many ways. Anyway, the point is um, the next generation of Mazda, it was supposed to be the next generation of Mazda Racing, released in 2008 uh, with a three-rotor engine. 
it was probably one of the best rotary engines the sound was just phenomenal three was rotor wankel engine oh oh yeah it was the, like what do they call it in the rx7 or uh, rx8 no it's uh, i think this, is it the same type of engine it's the same type of rotary engine yeah rotary engine yeah. yeah rotary engine yeah. Yeah, yeah um but this was the the three rotor um wankel engine referring to the german engineer that uh was the Dieter Wankel? Dieter Wankel? I think so. I can check the name for you. I can't yeah. remember. Anyway. Uh, Felix Wankel. Felix. Felix. <laughs> Another German Sorry, name. Felix. Almost there. Sorry, Sorry, Felix. We'll get it next time. Yeah, um, yeah he was the, the father of uh, rotary engines in the 1960s. Developed those. And very very clever design, actually. Yeah. Really, really clever like design. Like the concept Not of the most fuel efficient, but... No. no. Very um, compact. Yeah. Very compact and powerful. Powerful yeah. as well. I mean, And you had very high revving engines. Um, so small he, uh, displacement. They had the car. It ran on uh, ethanol. Oh wow! Of course, it was a monster. It looks insane. Like the Koenigseggs. But wow. it's just there's a I don't know. That's a fat that's fly. Very fat fly. Jeepers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize for those listening. <laughs> but anyway, fly. <laughs> you may you may go ahead. Um, Fury. Yeah, it, it, they released in 2008, and they tested it for a while, and and uh, they uh, handed the keys over of this. They had one. They literally they had one car, one running prototype, finished, no. and everything, and that was what they tested with, and it was doing great and fine. And then they handed the keys over to Top Gear to test it, and uh, it went over the no, hill you lie. of. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, they were doing a photo session um, at an Air Force base in the UK. And uh, the driver was Mark. I'm going to butcher his surname. Mark Tyshurst. Um, okay. Yeah, Mark Tyshurst. I, I Top Gear presenter? No, I think it was just a test driver for Top oh, Gear at the no. time. And uh, That's he, he um, was smelling smoke from the, from oh, the engine no. bay. Was this Just before or after the crash? No, no, no. There wasn't a crash. Oh, sorry, I don't know. No, it wasn't a crash. It was. Uh, sorry if I said it was a crash. I was mistaken. It's not a crash. The engine just something happened, and oh. the whole car literally burnt out before they could actually get to him, and extinguish it. And they just lost everything, and they scrapped the whole project. And the guy. Is the guy fine? was fine. No, he got. Oh, he got. Oh, oh. The, yeah, the minute the minute he smelled the smoke, he got he out of the car, and then he signaled. And from the time that it took the marshals. To all whoever was everything there, everything was gone. To get there, the whole car was just burnt no, to scrap. No, that's sad. and they lost everything. The the designs and then I remember this concept. It was quite yeah. some time ago. Even two thousand and eight prototype. Yeah, yeah, it was, was on the road. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's a pity because this was supposed to be the next generation of the seven eight seven B, which was the absolute four rotor monster. Is uh, yeah, because I know I know Mazda also had a race car, like an LMP1 or LMP2 mm-hmm. race car, or LM race car basically, that had a flat four engine. And it had the most insane pure racing car, like mm. race car sound, like, you know, unadulted, like there's nothing stopping it at all because it's a race car. So mm. that was insane sound. But of course, I don't think that was a, a Wankel engine. Or yeah, they had a, um, the, the 787 uh, 787B um, had a four rotor, but I think it was also a Wankel engine. I'm not entirely sure that raced Group C. Um, well, and this thing was like the pinnacle of Group C wow. racing at the time in the 90s, so 1991 and 92. Yeah. Um, and the Fury was supposed to be the next generation of Mazda racing. And it just and completely it just fell away, happen. and it didn't happen. At and all. from there, Mazda didn't really continue Not like, in terms of no. racing development. Yeah. You know. it was, it's a it's a pity, and I mean, you still have people that um, that modify Mazdas to an extreme. Mm. Um, mm. I want to quickly get one. I remember this now. Um, 
of a guy, I think his name is David Baum, I think, uh, with an RX-7, four rotor, and it yeah. I think 1,250 horsepower oh, wow. or something. That sounds um, like engine problems to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, But while you find that car, I think I'm going to continue with... Yes. Uh, sounds good to me. So this week, well, I don't know when you're listening to this, but this week... Um, Aston Martin dropped a bomb and they were like, yeah, this is another one-off. Um, so you can refer this back to the Vulcan being like, I don't know, a Vulcan continuation or Vulcan 2.0, but it's actually not. The Aston, Aston Martin Victor, Aston, Aston Martin, Aston Martin, the Aston Martin the Aston Victor, Martin Victor. The Aston Martin Victor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Aston Martin Victor, is actually a one-off build for a customer. Not entirely sure why this is built, um, but it's everything you'd love in a car. Like, everything you love of Aston Martin, everything you love of driving, this is it. So, the Aston Martin Victor, to take the name back, Victor Gauntlet is what it's referring to, and he was the boss of Aston Martin during the time of the very boxy Mustang-like Vantage V8, mm-hmm. well, Vantage. So that Vantage basically looked like a British muscle car. It was a British muscle car. It was a British version of a Mustang, just much more sophisticated. Um, so very, like, round lights in the front, boxy look. Um, you could have mistaken it for any other American muscle car at mm-hmm. the time if you were not so um, into your cars. And so they refer this car back to him. You can clearly see some design elements, such as the boxy look in the front, yeah. the round headlights, the ductile the, spoiler in the, the rear. The vantage, um, go up the Goodwood hill climb yeah. the other day while in the video. And to be honest, I never knew that, that, was va- a vantage. that, that was a vantage. You wouldn't think of it. No. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see coming from that now, and I'm having that, uh, that, that picture in my head now and looking at this, and it, yeah. it makes complete sense. But so you can clearly see from the rear, from the mm. front, there are elements from the Vantage. Yeah, yeah. But two other cars also, no, actually three other cars contribute to this car that just makes it insane. It's it's a bit of a Frankenstein car, but it just all fits perfectly. Mm. So the Vantage is one. The Aston Martin 177 is also another one. So this car, the 177 is about 10 years old. I, there was only 77 made of this car. Very, very special car. Uh, unbelievably beautiful. Still mm. to this day. It had a 7.3 liter V12, no, what was a seven? No, it's a it's a seven point three liter V twelve. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, seven point three liter V twelve. Huge. Uh, if I'm wrong, it's probably a seven liter then. Mm. But it's a massive engine. Cosworth developed, so now you know it's a good engine. Yeah, I was about to um, say when Cosworth gets yeah. to the picture, then you know you've got something. So sorted. of course there were only seventy seven made. Aston Martin still had the prototype running around somewhere there. Like, come seventy seven, come. They mm. like called them back and then just stripped them apart, and basically had a bare naked 177 totally reworked the engine so previously the engine had 559 kilowatts now the engine has 623 kilowatts so even more powerful than the 820 horsepower vulcan so crazily reworked Mm. um so that's where the 177 comes in it's basically 177 base you can clearly see the vulcan side exit exhaust um some of the parts of the rear and the front um, deck lid also yeah, as it yeah, goes yeah. down like basically it's like a shark just you know attacking yeah, you can that's see how it the looks you can clearly see the Vulcan yes. 
also Valkyrie inspiration. What they learned from the Valkyrie. Oh, please let the Valkyrie happen. Like, oh, please. Yeah, yeah. May this not die down. Um, let but you not talk about one source in yeah. the next episode again, maybe. Yeah, so. uh, let's just take a moment of silence for the Valkyrie. Okay. Thanks. Um, so you can clearly see the Valkyrie in the rear lights a bit in the front. They took some technology or techniques, you know, something they learned from the Valkyrie, mm. definitely implemented that. But there's one thing in that car that just sets it apart. That just, you can't take it back to any other Aston Martin. You just, it just sets it apart. It actually makes me think of like a Singer 911 or like a Lotus um, Exige. Mm. So it has a six-speed manual. I was about to say it has it to be has, the gearbox. Yeah, I was just be, thinking yeah, out of now. Of course, it has to be the gearbox. Yeah. So six-speed gearbox in a Seven six hundred and twenty-three kilowatt car, eight hundred and twenty newton meters. Like the thing is, just <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the, of course, the gearbox will be able to control that power, but it's insane. And how insane that they actually took mm. the V twelve, a screaming V twelve, and they put in manual gearbox into it. But if you look inside the car, you can actually see the gating and the mechanics of the manual. That mm. makes it so special because that's why I refer it to Singer. That's why I refer it to um, Lotus Exige and such because they actually, you can see the inner workings mm, of the mm. manual as you shift it. Like, that must be just the most satisfying experience. thing to see and having that experience while so, you're driving is insane. Very, very well done to Aston Martin yeah. for this because it's insane. It's unbelievably beautiful. And I... Really hope to one day sees another kind of thing, another kind of car similar to this. Because will we ever see this car? Probably, mm. at, you know, on, on YouTube videos, on show, oh, well, you know, car shows, um, shows like or events like the Concours, the Elegance, you know, mm-hmm. your your very fancy exclusive shows and such. Yeah. Um, so. But I'm just in love with this car and everything it represents. Mm. No, it's it's a stunning car. I mean, honestly, yeah. So well done. yeah, just well to done. quickly add before we go on to oh, the next yes. thing is the the guy's name is uh, Rob Dom and he took a quad rotor or four rotor engine uh, turbocharger as far as I can see and uh, it's an all wheel drive RX seven built this thing into with oh, wow. a lot of thousands of dollars later on put it on the dyno and a thousand and fourteen horsepower yes see from a f- quad rotor Yo. engine this thing is that is I mean, special. Even just looking at that, yeah, you can see that. Yeah, like it's it's honestly it's insane. So they didn't, they the, didn't even have to put a hood on it. Just exactly, leave it yeah. like that. So where Mr. Wankel was the the grandfather, this is now the the new one. He's taking this over. This is the Rob crazy Dom. cousin. The crazy cousin, exactly. Yeah. He's uh putting his steps into the rotary world. But let's move on to our next mm. part, and we're also very excited to chat about this because we could have chatted about it in last episode, but we just went on rambling. We talk too much nonsense. In of that course, episode. of course we do. But we wanted to chat about wagons. And mm. firstly, States wagons. Like we can go on forever. Bread vans. No, I'm joking. About why wagons and bread <laughs> vans and minivans are better than SUVs, and why SUVs really don't have a place in this world. When Except for wagons. like a track hawk or you're like, but what about like off roading, sitting a bit higher? Yeah. I four quattro, E four hundred all terrain. Volvo X in, or is it the V19? Bentley Continental uh, Safari Edition? I don't know. <laughs> that is the thing. <laughs> that Jeremy is Clarkson thing. has one. Yeah, um, I, I saw one in, in Cape Town the other day as well. So people are doing it with those things. I mean, so but in terms of wagons versus SUVs, where you're, where are you standing? Um, a bit of both. Uh, 
obviously, like I like SUVs. SUVs are great, and they, it's commanding driving position and stuff. Yeah, sitting high, like it is. But so good. like wagons are good, obviously, and they're very capable. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot of things with them. Can't obviously do what you can do with some SUVs and stuff. So, I think Fair. they're in their own spectrums of of what you can do and what they are. Um, but a lot but of what people use SUVs for these days can be, you know, can be done by estates. Yeah, driving your kids to school. So I'll like, for example, I'll take an Audi RS4 over Q7, but then I'll take the Q8 over the RS6. Okay, I that see what kind you of mean. kind I of thing, yeah. Mean. Just to give it comparison, and yeah, <gasps> I okay. saw an RS4 yesterday, brand new one, rolled out oh, there. Wow. It was beautiful in black. It was very stunning. Anyway, okay, so we each chose a a modern classic or a bit of an older wagon, mm. and then a modern wagon that we would choose. So, um, of course, we we don't know each other each other's choices and we decided to hold it that way as per usual but we may end up with the same car um, possibly we don't know but we don't have as we won't ramble on as much in this segment just, just to discuss them, just to quickly discuss it and, and of course Peter Guzzo will yeah. follow um, but I think I'll start so my classic or modern classic wagon and this may not come as a shock 2004 E55 AMG Estate. Mercedes-Benz E55 AMG Estate. This car has the quarter mile time of a 612 Scaglietti Ferrari. It's extremely fast, not 200 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. It has more space than your average SUV, aka Porsche Cayenne. Mm-hmm. And it has a supercharger. 5.4 liter supercharged V8. Unbelievable raw sound. Mm. Um, it has about 350 kilowatts. Just an insane car. I'm, legit, I'm just loving everything about it, except the maintenance and, you know, repairables, because, oh my word, you, <laughs> you can find this car, you can find these cars for not too, not too expensive. Um, I don't have prices but just now, to but, keep it running but just to keep it running, that's, like yeah. the bottom of the repairable is the worst part of this car. <laughs> there is nothing else you can fault it with. Don't tell me there's something wrong with this car. It's mm. only what it costs, because, of course, old mechanics old technology <laughs> gets old gets mm-hmm. expensive to replace so that's my classic like Luke what do you have I've got a Volvo 850R a Volvo 850R a Volvo oh, 850R very you boxy car so yeah very boxy car yeah. started out as a T5 um, had a, a 2.3 litre turbocharged Four. Yeah. 2.3 litre t- turbocharged engine uh, four cylinders, five in line five. Oh, oh, of course, yeah. Yes, um, and then after the T5 came the 850R. It had the same engine, but a bit oh, more wow. horsepower. Why 850 though? Okay, Volvo. You know, weird Volvo 90s, like 40s, not, it's 60s. It's not 850 horsepower. No, no, no. Not no. 250 okay. horsepower from the inline five. Also, again in a two liter and a 2.3 liter. But it's quite an old car. It is an old car. It's from the 90s, 92, yeah. 93. Yeah, that's um, early. So, yeah, no, it's just a, it's a proper. Why, why the eight fifty? It why looks great on? for that era. Okay. It's, so and it's like and you don't and you don't see that boxy style of wagons racing around on a track with a fixed wing and slicks <laughs> like this riding on I think eighteen or nineteen inch wheels or something. Oh. You don't see that. And the it's sound crazy, as well. Yeah. I mean inline five turbocharged, it's it's a proper sound. It is from, a surprisingly good sound. Yeah. So Audi like, also uh, get a drive with their great five, racing car. It looks 
I think. Will you take it around the track? Definitely. Definitely. You will strip out the rear seats, not put a passenger in, put a roll cage in, and you will go around the track. Zero to 60, I think, was like seven seconds or something. Yeah, but without any seats, it's like five. In the manual, (laughs) um, the automatic was slower. They had a five-speed manual, so stick to the manual, guys. You see, we like manuals. Anyway, that's that's the the classic that I have. So my new BMW... Oh, BMW. I just spilled the beans. <laughs> um, my new estate that I would go out and buy. Now, I'm... I'm. Of course, E55 is raw. It's, mm. you know, crazy sound. Um, very cool car. Quite rowdy, quite mad. But that's also fine. Um, when I have a modern estate, of course, the BMW M3 came out. And although I'm not a massive BMW fan, the M3 is... Well, it... I can't wait for it to be released, but I'm a bit more sophisticated. I, I like the sleeper kind of look. Like you don't know what my car can do, you know. Mm. Um, not too much about hard ex- suspension and such. I'd rather have a more comfortable ride, but still extremely fast yeah. and capable. So I've gone for the Alpina B5. So the Alpina B5 ah, Touring, yes. yeah. So 4.4 liter V8. The best green turbo. that BMW or Alpina has ever put on a car. Yes, see, I am crazy about a dark metallic, like almost British racing green. Mm. Well, color of the Aston Martin Victor. Yeah. But yeah, so the Alpina B5, it's not the M5 Touring because there is no new M5 Touring. This is basically what it could have been. But Alpina focused on making it the most comfortable GT Cruiser, but extremely capable. Like... You want to travel at 200 miles or 200 kilometers, even miles per hour in this car. You want to travel extremely fast in the autobahn in this car because it's very comfortable, very quick, fast enough to go around corners when you when there are corners. Mm. Not a very stiff ride and very unassuming. You won't exactly, think it's yeah, quick at it, all. It looks like an, just yeah. a casual estate coming by, BMW so, estate. I'm quite a big fan of that, although I don't really like BMWs in general. <laughs> this car is very quick, like 0 to 100, 3.6 seconds. Um, has quite a lot of power. Let me just get it. It's quite heavy, just over two tons, as you would expect mm-hmm. from a state. 447 kilowatts, it's enough. Um, much more than the E55, but yeah, that's mine. Uh, I would, any day, mm. have an Alpina B5, although, although very expensive. So, Luke, which I can imagine. Um, I'm also hopping on the BMW wagon. Yeah, of course I am. What a surprise. Just things right. What a surprise. Um, and again, like you said, you want something that's practical for modern, like with a Volvo, you can just mess around and have fun and stuff, but yeah, you still want to take the family and, you know, do the casual school run every now and again, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The BMW I went for is the uh, 340i. Oh, the M3. So not an M3. No, no not an M3. Okay, M3 that is interesting. I. Please elaborate. Uh, three liter turbocharged uh, inline six. Inline so, six. Yeah, inline six. Zero Twin to sixty, four point five seconds, which is Quick more enough. than enough. And the best thing, it is X drive, but it is rear wheel biased, so you can drift it. Donuts. Donuts. And it looks stunning. I mean... It looks very good. It looks I am great. so for the looks it's of practical. the practical. It's it's not the biggest like estate you'll have, but it's more than enough than it's what you're going to do with it. fine. Yeah. 100% is fine. The cost as well is lower than any of the other... Um, it's not as expensive as you can normally get for your M-Rangers. But it's not your... It's not it's your not CCC3. The, it's not your RS4. And it's, it's not S4, like... It's, it's not having 43. like the M5 or the M3 or the M4 and stuff. This is the M Sport batch. So that's yeah. why it's like a 340 or... 
It's know. the same with the M5 competition. Like, why did you choose between the M5 or the M550 iX drive? Mm. Like, you know, it's a bit of an M5 light, such as the 340 is a no, M3 it's, it's, light. It falls into the M Sport. And you and can't not the go M wrong. Badge. Like, uh, it's, if you it's really want fantastic. the M3, you can. Exactly. But that M340 is it's more a, than enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's fast, it's stunning, practical. Um, it's relatively fuel efficient. Obviously, if you don't rip Can it be. around a corner every Can now be. and again. Um, but mm. yeah, that's just straight up practicality. And and looks. you'll win 95% of the drag races off the red. Well, that's if BMW's launch controls decides to work. Yes, that is a problem. This is a discussion that for another episode. Yeah, but BMW's launch control BMW. is... Please just fix it. Fix your launch control, guys. Honestly. Otherwise, like I'm not happy. Like Of no. course, I have went to BMW and inquired about the new M3 Touring. And I said, listen, I'll put down a deposit now, although it's 0.5%. I'm going to pay it off within the next 70 years, I promise. So, uh, and I, I mean, I'm a faithful customer if you ask mm. me. So, I'm joking. <laughs> um, anyway, it's so. Just talking absolute nonsense. The BMW, <laughs> yo, yeah, I don't know. Winning. Yeah. It's winning. But I but, really like yeah. the M340i. Just Great interesting car. on the M340. Mm. So, another car that is precisely the same car in terms of platform, engine, performance is the X340. X3 M40i. That's what you call it. So also like the mm. X3 M Lite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, very much the same performance, very much the same stats and figures, but so much cheaper than the M340i, mm. which is interesting because you think it's, well, sort of the same price, but actually you pay much more for the, for the M340i, um, which is a bit of a shame because, yeah, I think it is a much more appealing car yeah. than the X3, X3M. Um, but it's just interesting. It just reminds me of Mercedes also with the GT53 and CLS53. There is, you, you'll f struggle to find major differences mm. that, you know, distinguish those cars. I mean, BMW is, is like, so much more expensive. it's like having rabbits in a factory and they're just mm. making babies and then you just get all these cars 525 and 530 yeah. and, and 534 the one is black and, dot, and the one is a green dot and that's like it just does it, there's no stopping to the amount of models that bmw has that's so. also the same with mercedes but i think that'll be a very cool conversation to have mm. also like brands that are just going crazy with models like amg has something like between 20 and 30 variations of amgs whereas this was 20 30 years ago where there was like three or four mm, MGs. Mm. So uh, that would be a very interesting conversation to have. To have, yeah, definitely. But our favorite segment is here, the Pete Cruiser segment. For those who are watching for the first time, Luke and I were debating what would we choose between the Pete Cruiser, hard top, or the convertible. We chose the hard top and tinted windows because you don't want to be seen driving in that car. Exactly. And we said, okay, we know the Pete Cruiser is very uncool, but let's... Let's uh, have a rating system in this podcast where we take cars and we ask each other, how would you rate this? Um, so I'm going to start off with our, well, first car. And mine is a 911 Speedster. I love this car. I love Porsches. But I don't know Porsches that well. Just give me a second. So Continue talking. And I'll, I'll explain it to you. Don't worry. Oh, I want to see so a the picture. Oh, thing. okay. 911 Speedster okay. is... Mint, it's not a cabriolet 911 cabriolet it's actually a gt3 without a roof so yes you have a roof that you oh, by hand yes, that you okay. take off that massive carbon fiber mm -hmm. back rear deck lid put on the speedster 
stop, whatever, whenever it's raining. But this car is meant to be driven without that. This car is meant to be driven in sunshine, in rain, with no top. Um, interestingly enough, with you, when you put the top on, you can't see the speeds the badge. Only oh, when you take it off. When you see yeah, the speeds it's Clever, no, that's forcing you to be. take off your roof. Yeah, so take off your roof. Bastards. Um But <laughs> this is basically a GT3 without a roof. So five This is stunning. This is absolutely the flat stunning. Fully natural aspirated. It sounds evenly like I don't know if a car that sounds as good as this thing. Mm. Um, 060, who cares? Like that thing is all about raw driving emotion. Although it's you do have your mechanics and such, Mm-mm. it only comes out in manual if I'm right. Um, so it forces you to also have some driver involvement. I'm not even going to ponder about this one. Like this is by far cool. Like mm. I would this love is, one a in the garage. Car. Like it's great for what you're gonna do. Anything, you're not going so. to find fault. Oh, we also have a dog here. His name mm. is Lego. Hello, Lego. Lego's. Okay, he's Lying down on the now. carpet. That's that's amazing <laughs> for us. We'll show him in a bit, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Um. So that that's the GT3. Mm. No, nine eleven speeds the, and that's Lego. Two different things. Um. But yeah, we agree. Cool. Lego is much more inconsistent though. Uh, but bit. I think his handling is a bit better on sharper corners. He struggles a bit, especially on tiles because long nails and stuff. It doesn't. Oh, so okay. the grip so is struggling in the A lot weight. of wheel spin. A lot of wheel spin. Sometimes a bit of understeer as well. Oh, I see. Um, I see. But it's probably like mid corner push yeah, throttle. Yeah. And even go oversteer from there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a bit of an issue, but um, but it's unhappy when it's cold. So like he's a manual. So the thing oh, is, is you can manual? keep on spinning even though. Oh, okay. See, it's like power sliding cool. in that sense. So yeah. Manual, your so own clutch on, kick to get the rear loose. He runs on um, Bifanol. Bifanol. Um, oh wow! So he's an absolute monster. Um, miles, good. miles per gallon. Miles I think is about eighty miles per gallon. Eighty miles per miles, even more. Yeah, no. So he's okay. a proper machine. Luke, you may you may go on with your. Probably call. heard of the company Bowler. <laughs> Bowler. Oh yeah, they have the I don't know what you the call Bowler it. The Bowler EXRS. Oh, I was thinking you call. The, I, I'm, thinking I know the Bowler with the. Is the it the wild? Defender body? The um, Evoke. No, no, no. Oh, you're thinking of the, the Bowler? Pre- yeah, 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 yeah. The Defender body basically has yes, a 5-liter yes, yes. V8, supercharged. Supercharged V8, yeah. Yeah, so that's like the Jaguar engine, if I'm right. Yeah, so they take but that it, and they it put it in. Is it this car? Is it it's, it's the same engine. It just has a bit more power in this one. Okay. Uh, but this is based around the Evoke's body. Um, oh. So it's like the new age. Oh. Independent suspension, 550 horsepower. So it's like Evoke SVR. In a sense, it's just way more intense. Okay. Like, it's got a roll cage, independent okay. suspension, so bucket seats. Yeah. Um, you don't have windows. You've got little holes. On oh, the side really? You slide open. Limited to 155 miles an hour. Yeah, because... In a four-wheel drive, five-liter supercharged V8. Oh, wow. Um, 700 pound-feet of torque, uh, 4.5 seconds zero Which is 16. like 950 or something. Yeah, it's, Newton it's meters. ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, the sound on this thing is just... Oh, it's raw, yeah. It's the most impractical car. I think it's road legal, but it's the most impractical car you will ever probably get. But I mean, who cares? Likely. If Likely. you're driving around a 900 Newton meter, 500 horsepower. But would you even drive this on the road? Is this meant to be driven on the road? No, not at all. This is meant to take, if you see a service road next to the main road, you can drive through a ditch. Yeah. Probably drive over the barrier without having something because the wheels are just about yay high. Yeah. Um, and not have any trouble with it. Um. If you think the new defenders' uh, entry and exit degrees are, are, are good, oh, the gradients, the gradients that can enter and exit, you should see this thing. I mean, it's insane. Anyway, yeah. point is, Bowler, they've done it again. 
the first boat I think they had I was the was it I think it was the Tomcat or something. I can't, can't remember. The but I, I, now, think, but I, I think I think uh, Richard Hammond one. raced it against a turbo uh, a jet powered kayak. Oh wow! Once I don't know. I think that was the first bowler, and then it went obviously to the defender a body that they had. kayak. Yeah, don't, don't even go <laughs> wow. there. That's um, and then this. I so one. I, I would love a car like this, but it's not practical in any sense. You don't have. Uh, you can probably stuff a few stuff in between the roll cage and stuff. But I mean, that's not the point of the car. The point of the car is to it's go find a field. It's a toy. It's exactly. a toy by far. It's like what they it's use what the defenders for in the new um, James Bond movie. Oh, have yeah. you seen that promotional video where they flip cars on their backs and I've seen. Yeah. I've seen. It's ridiculous. Um so yeah, this car is very much what you would go drive around in if you mm. were in Dubai, somewhere near a desert, uh you know Desert, green fields, take it up a mountain. Muddy fields, Iceland somewhere. Yeah, probably. Formula what I think they call it Formula Iceland or something. Anyway. So, uh, something in that, that regard. Take it to Scotland and rip also, it around. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton started a racing team. He I did? Think it's called the X44, and it's for Extreme E Racing or something like that. X44 oh, I racing. Can't but anyway, we'll chat about well, it. Uh, but he started a racing team. He started the racing team. Um, because well, there's a slot open since William left, William's left now. So now William's left now. Alpine replaced... Renault, mm. but it's ba- Renault will still be the, the name basic. Yeah, so it's ba- they're still a constructor. Um, the Williams family left, so Williams yeah. is still part of it. That's Williams family has just exited the team, so it's new management, and hopefully they will become what they once were again because yes. that company and their car is in shambles at the moment. Like mm. it's not what it is supposed to be. Struggling a lot. Yeah. Um. So but Formula One is very interesting at the moment. We actually did an Instagram live. Not before too we long completely ago. lose the plot, where do you rate this? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. We still have that segment. <laughs> oh, so I'm like very much dead average. Okay. I'm here because I'm a dumbass, but it's fine. I'm like the only reason <laughs> why I'm not Peter Cruiser is because of the sound mm. and the engine, but I'm not a fan yeah, of yeah, Evo, but, so yeah. I'm like. Yeah, I'm just not mm. interested. Mm. Anyway, so back in the Formula One, uh, we, which is also off topic, but we had an Instagram live this week with F1 Podium Chat on Instagram, and we will do it every single week after a race just to have a recap on what happened the weekend, what is news. Um, quite a short video just to get you in the know of what's going on in Formula One. That is Lego. Um, manual rear-wheel drive. He's a bit straight six now. Or flat four, I don't know. What flat four, straight flat six, four. whatever it may be. Um, Sometimes he's an inline five if he sees a pretty goal, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, so it's like cylinder decap- exactly. decoupling. Um, do you know for fuel economy? For fuel, of course, yeah, um, as the modern cars do. Mm. But thank you for joining today. Yeah, we thank you very much, guys. We quite enjoyed this chat. As we said, next episode we'll, will be with guests. Don't yeah. worry about it. If you get tired of us, tell us. Read a book. Read a book, yeah, <laughs> any book. Any, books are good. But anyway, as we usually end of our podcast well not usually end of our podcast um stay in school don't do drugs cars are much cheaper well loving cars loving cars yeah cars aren't cheaper but loving cars are cheaper loving cars are cheaper you can buy posters you don't have to pay a cent to watch this podcast so thank you again like share subscribe like the common youtuber says um but it's for good reason um but anyway from me and luke we are out cheers thank you very much guys cheers